Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? When he was last left out of the team, he sat on the bench with a face like a robber's dog. He doesn't look like he's a great team player. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Right, you're very welcome along to uh, Gaelic Football Chat now. Anthony Moyes is with us. Anthony, good evening to you. How are you? Evening, gents. How are you doing? We're all a little bit giddy. We've got a bit of uh, a Friday feeling going on. Um, right. I, I was going to make a crack here at the start about how we never talk about Mead anymore in these slots and actually uh, but I mean we don't straight into it Jared we don't what's going on <laughs> Jesus I think I mean I, I think this is a setup. <laughs> I, I, I was totally talking about every other team bar Mead uh, we can talk uh, about Cork as well they're in a fairly similar boat <laughs> yeah yeah, I oh, know. Listen, I'm I'm more than happy, Jer. I'm more than happy to 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 go into that subject. Uh, it's it's fair to say that this is the classic four pointer. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, there's like okay, what have I heard? Uh, they got out of jail a little bit against Offaly. Um, they kicked an awful lot of wides, wasted a lot of chances unbelievably low um, efficiency rate in front of goal 30 odd percent I think it was so a lot of shots a lot of bit of wild shooting uh, not the right fellas taking the shots and ultimately um, had to rely on literally last kick of the, last kick of the ball to get, to get out of jail now they never dropped ahead. The they kept going. They kept peppering the 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 Offaly goal mouth. Um, you know, numerous chances, a couple of unbelievable saves from the Offaly goalkeeper, etc., etc. And they, and so they they never dropped ahead, and they ended up getting a draw, which probably felt to them like a win and to Offaly like a loss. So, can they bring that momentum in, Jer? Can they bring that bit of probably confidence? Um, you know. They're getting players back. Ronan Jones has been back. Menton, I believe, will be on the bench. Um, they've lost Shane McEntee, unfortunately, who, who, who's, who's on a tour of duty. Um, so, But they are getting different guys back in. But it's time, really, for some of the other guys, some of the younger guys in the panel who have been there for the last number of years, it's time for them, really, to step up. Um, and, and, you know, this is, this, it's a massive game. It's an absolutely massive game. I don't, I, like, I mean, there's, there's no point saying anything else. It's an enormous game because whoever loses this game is under serious pressure. Yeah, the potential for relegation uh, from Division 2 is genuinely very important for long-term future and for all sorts of different reasons, including the championship. It's less important, I think, for uh, relegation from Division 1 for different reasons. I'm making the case for the last week that actually if the Dubs get relegated, it's not going to matter. There was a a good piece, um, Paul Keane had done an interview with Paul Beelan, who was reminded that they'd been relegated in 95 and then went on to win the All-Ireland. I know things are different. I know things are totally different. But Mayo were essentially a Division 2 team last year and it didn't make a blind bit of difference to them. Yeah, and I think in the you know in the journey of this particular Dublin team, I don't think it really will make a massive bit of difference. You know, I think I think again, and we've spoken about this the last couple of weeks. I think a performance against Tyrone will be something that he's looking for. Um, I think he's trying to knit all those various different pieces together. Um, the defence need seems like it's starting to get a bit of shape. Um, it's starting to get a bit meaner. Um, their kickouts 
need a bit of work. We talked about that last week. But of course, you come from, and this is nothing, uh, you know, you come from a situation where you have probably the best goalkeeper of the last 20 or 30 years in goal, who not only can do all the goalkeeping stuff, but he can also restart with an unbelievable level of efficiency and speed and essentially get you 50, 60 yards down the field and in an attacking area that the opposition are just then, you know, after getting a score, the opposition are straight away defending their own goal and pretty, pretty much, you know, conceding a score straight away. Like, that's hard. That's a that's a really difficult thing to replace, you know, um, um, and, and, you know, they're, 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 it's, not, it's not a massive area, you know, they're, they're, they're still well equipped there, but... You know, I think the forward area, that's that's the big spot for them. Um, and as they get the likes of McCarthy back, it'll bolster that because Howard will be able to move probably into the forward line as they get Conal Callahan back, as they get Paddy Small back, as they get Costello back. You know, I'm starting to name, we're not, we're not naming fellas that you've never heard of here. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's, I think, I think, you know, as you say, it's, it's not going to be... I, 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 it's amazing. Dublin have never had to rely on um, kind of backs to the wall and that kind of real. Everybody hates us. Well, sorry, yeah, they've they've had that, but this kind of thing. <laughs> of, everyone, everyone is kind of gloating in the fact that they're losing games. They'll have that now. You know, they'll have different motivation. You know, before it was everyone wanted to knock us down. You know, and knock us off our perch. And and that's motivating enough, but that kind of gets a bit old after like what ten years of superiority. <laughs> so, you know, now they have something completely different. You know, now they have something where they're kind of saying, "Well, you know what? Everyone is writing us off, and we have to go out and prove a lot of people wrong." Yeah, and yeah. I think that's the thing. It's like a lot of people are writing them off. I am definitely not writing them off. We had Philip McMahon on the show during the week. I want to play you this. Have a listen to the clip. So, so, so let me let me give you a quick overview where what where I think they could get after first of all. They, they need to get after the mindset, first of all, okay? The noise is impacting their performances, I would imagine, right? So so what I'm saying is the, the information, social media, friends, family, club mates, all of this stuff, it's all around relegation, right? Yeah. Now, it needs to be all about the challenge and the vision, right? Which is essentially, let's get a good performance against the All-Ireland Champions, so going in as an underdog is a little bit different, but it's also, there's a little bit more energy than, ah, it's another game, you wear the favourites, we have to keep up our own standards, that kind of mentality, right? So there's a, there's a bit of a spin of a narrative there that I think I'd be excited for, right? That's mm. the start point. Tactically then, uh, you're going to come up against a Tyrone that I don't think they have the energy like they did last year. Um, in, in, in respect to... They were very calm. They were very selective last year, especially they, they would have got massive learning from the COVID situation between uh, the Kerry, the, you know, whether they were going to play Kerry or not. When they played Kerry, they controlled the momentum of the game. Dublin need to get, get ahead of the game early. If they can get ahead early, well, then they can control the momentum and draw Tyrone out, which will then hopefully give them the chance to, to, to put a few goals away, which they haven't had in any of the games so far. They, they're limited in terms of goal chances. So most teams are saying, let's go after Dublin's kickouts. Let's get after the space they have in front of the full back line. And let's also slow them down and not concede any goals against them. And when we get ahead, they'll come out and then we'll transition and counter fast. 
So they're the things that I, I'm sure what's happening in the Tyrone change room, they're the things they're looking at. Mm, mm. Um, so it's evenly matched for me, in fairness, in terms of the, the like, Tyrone are, are not not where they, I'm sure, want to be, and, and neither are Dublin. So mm. there's a real dangling carrot after this one for me. Uh, yeah, I, I buy some of that, right? And I totally understand the mindset issues that he's talking about. But that's outside. It's like the inside the camp, they're not talking about relegation and they're, they're not focusing on the negative. Or maybe maybe they are and that's, that's a bit of a disaster. But Anthony, do you think that like, you know, Philly's saying there about Tyrone's form as well is kind of interesting. You know, like both of these teams, whether Ger's right about relegation not mattering or not, I think it does focus the mind a little bit at this stage in a way that maybe... Kerry and Mayo don't have to worry too much about when we get onto that game in a couple of minutes. It suddenly makes this game a lot more important at a time of the year when two All Ireland contenders probably don't want to show each other all of that, you know, all of that much. Suddenly, this is a huge, huge game to stay in Division One. Yeah, it 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 it, it does add that extra bit of spice, all right, make an importance. Um, and I think it adds probably like I mean we've we've seen the, the the various different news bits during the week about the Tyrone panel and Fennels leaving and all that. Now listen, I, I think I think a lot of that is just natural kind of attrition, um, and I don't think it's 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 probably being a little bit blown out of proportion. But there's no doubt about it that they, you know. Like, I mean, whether Philly is right there or not with regard to their energy levels, you know, I saw clips and I saw certain things, especially against Donegal, that I didn't particularly like. And I'd say, you know, Dewar will be sitting there with Fergal Logan. They'll be saying, whoa, that, that, that's not something we're used to. You know, the McBrarity goal was something that was really strange. Like, I mean, four or five. I'd say, actually, I think I counted six Tyrone players pretty much around one or two Donegal guys. And, they, I mean, how 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 they allowed the goal to happen was, was actually just pure laziness. It wasn't anything else. It was it was fellas just not reacting, fellas not taking ownership of the of the of the role, fellas not going to the ball, fellas passing the buck. And, you know, energy and motivation and all those different things can all kind of culminate in just below par performances. Um and they haven't blown the lights out. You know, they're trying new things up front. Uh, they're trying fellas in different areas. They haven't really settled at all. So so it is, this takes on a massive importance as well. Because by the way, if Dublin go up there and win, this is an enormous fill up for that team. Like it's an enormous fill up. And, and, and knowing that they have players to come back. So so like, I mean, all of a sudden, the, the, the Desi situation just completely flips. You know, it goes from a situation where you're kind of saying, Jesus, now they've actually beaten the All-Ireland winners uh, in their home patch and potentially have given themselves a shot at staying in Division 1. So, uh, there's, I, I actually, like, I mean, if I was a Dublin player, I'm, I'm licking my lips about this one because you're really saying to yourself, you know what, if we lose, put in a good performance, no one's expecting anything anyway. You know, everyone has written us off to Division 2 now at this stage and team in transition. But, Jesus, if we win... Like, what will that do to that training session next Tuesday night in, in, in wherever they're training these days, you know? I do think that what happened last year in the league when Tyrone went and conceded the six goals against Kerry and all the stories, like everybody we spoke to in the aftermath of the All-Ireland win, they all pinpointed the week after that where everybody kind of had long, hard looks at each other and went, Jesus, what are we actually doing here? And from that, they incrementally improved again and again and again and again. And like, it wasn't written in the stars that they were going to win. Michael Murphy gets sent off. There's the injury to Clifford in the semi-final. There's loads of games that are actually very close, including the All-Ireland final where the opposition missed a penalty when maybe... If they'd scored the penalty, they wouldn't have been flaky in the second half. Who knows, right? Uh, so, if 
the notion of Dublin not being all Ireland contenders is, is kind of just being written down. Oh, they're definitely not all Ireland contenders. I don't buy that for a second. Like those players that you've listed off, if they were to come back close to top form, and I'm, they don't even have to be at their all-time great form themselves, but they're good enough to influence most games, and that's a third of a team that you've talked about with like I don't know 27 All-Ireland titles between them <laughs> but we're writing them off uh, I, I definitely wouldn't be writing them off just yet and the Tyrone thing I think again before the league started uh, James O'Donoghue was making the point that he thought that there was a good chance they might end up going down this year and I don't think they'd be too concerned I mean I, the point you make about do or not like and stuff that's different I think but if they get if they get relegated, but they find something and find two new players who are able to actually influence the first team, they're probably going to be happy enough, are they? I think so. And what's telling actually about the guys leaving the panel is it's kind of fellas who 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 let's say they were your number. T- it could mean number kind of 21 to 25 on the panel, right? So now Bar- maybe Bradley got a bit more game time and Brennan than, than a, a number of other guys, but. What, what what's telling about it lads is, is the fact that they know themselves week in week out they're playing on the b teams in the games they're seeing the fact that Dewar and logan are are, are are really putting their stock behind the likes of canavan you know and some of the other younger guys and they're settling on an eight or nine forward kind of setup um and that's it and everyone else and, and they know that they're going to pick their six from that and obviously that six playing the tyrone way may have two guys in that six who are not natural forwards they're fellas who will work up and down they'll be able to transition into the half back line and the half forward line and it may even be three out of the six really so um you know it's funny i i think you'll find you you will find with the season and the way things are going to go and 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 how things are going to be condensed and how there's going to be kind of more games and you know there's going to be much more focus as well on the league etc that actually i think i think all ireland winning teams will struggle i think they will genuinely struggle because if they party too hard and celebrate too hard and go on too hard and miss a good bit of the kind of november october november december and they go away in a holiday and they come back if they come back half half undercooked or not motivated enough they're going to be staring down the barrel of relegation regardless because you've got teams then who know they're coming in they're they're going to be you know obviously massively motivated to play against them but they're going to be fresh and they're going to have the bit between their teeth so it's it's going to be quite a difficult thing from now on um and especially look dublin were the juggernaut they've lost the players we know all this um but they've, they've come back into the pack but i completely agree with you jared does that mean that they're all of a sudden number 10 in the in, in the country not a chance like i mean they're firmly in the top four top six still if you ask me i just uh you know we keep talking about how open a championship it is and yet we're excluding Dublin from it. If it's an open championship, how could you not think that Dublin are yeah. one of the contenders for it? I just think that your point there, Anthony, about uh, about uh, what, what, what you're saying about um, Tyrone, and uh, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say, lads. I'm well, not going to lie. That's <laughs> a very good point. It was a, do you know what? You had a magnificent <laughs> point, and I've completely lost my train of thought because I had to get that stupid Dublin line in about the big contenders. So. <laughs> All right. Well, look, let's, let's move on to the uh, the actual top two teams in the country, I think, uh, who are Mayo and Kerry at the moment. Go I on. did remember it. I did remember it. You're saying <laughs> that... Better be good now. No, but the point that you're making about uh, you know teams 
possibly winning in All-Ireland and then have struggling in the league after. When you think to take the condensed nature of what we're talking about in the Championship now, it's going to be very hard to kind of get that sluggish league form back into Championship. With a, now, with maybe a few exceptions. With, with like the Leinster Championship. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But in Tyrone... Or, the, you know, or if Kerry were ever to have a bad league, you'd be like, it doesn't matter because... They have the Munster Championship. Yeah, but it's just, it is interesting. The playing your way into form has been something we've been doing since day dot in the GEA. And, you know, whether the league results matter or not, the form and certainly does. It's going to be very hard to pick it up. And that's the counter argument to the players returning is how long will it actually take them to get up to championship speed and how many opportunities are they going to get to do that? So we'll see. It was always, lads, it was always, it was always your last two league games. Like the, the, the ground was firming up. You know, I remember we played, you know, we, we Jesus, for, for some reason, we used to always play Kildare, like, nearly in our last two league games, either in Newbridge or in Avon. It just, it just always ro- rolled out that way. And, of course, it was always a ding-dong battle because it was, you, you were, you were everything was gauged. You know, guys who were coming back, whether you were the elder statesman or the kind of fellows, you needed to be on your form in those games. And if you weren't on your form in those games, you hadn't hope in hell of being picked for the championship team. You know, so those games were massively telling. Um, I agree with you, Mick. It, it, it's not a situation now where you can just, ah, should we wait for those two league games and we'll be all right, you know? Uh, the, Sorry, Jerry, go ahead. No, you're grand. I, I, we, again, Colin Boyle was on uh, OTBAM during the week and he, he whet our appetites when he just went through what he expects the matchups to be uh, this weekend. So just have a listen to this. I was actually just even thinking about potential matchups during the week. Um, I, I would say Oshin will go back on David Clifford. Yeah, you could have a scenario where Paddy Jarkin is on Sean O'Shea. Lee Keegan on, on uh, Paddy Clifford and then you go to midfield Jack Barry possibly on on um, Matty Ruan Aidan O'Shea if he starts on Jeremy O'Connor and down the other end then Ryan O'Donoghue on Tom O'Sullivan so like all the matchups when you physically go through them just make it even more the game even more a uh, mouthwater and prospect Why do Mayo love playing in Tralee so much? <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know I might be saying that on Saturday night but uh I think generally over the last 10 years or so we've had a fairly good record down there I don't know generally when we've gone down there on, on a Saturday night we, we've tended to stay even on the on the Friday night down there which makes it a bit of a, a long weekend but maybe it's the case the fact that you're together all weekend or something like that and it gives you that bit of an edge when you get down there I'm not sure I'm not sure what the boys at our arrangements are this weekend if they're, they're travelling down that day or not but possibly that has something to do with that but it's a great venue it's a great venue and, and when that's a full house you know, and, and I'm expecting it will be Saturday night at Full House. It's a great atmosphere and Mayo always brings a good crowd with that as well and it adds to it. So, yeah, I think generally maybe the fact that you're just together all weekend and look, Kerry's always a big game. You're always going to get yourself up for that and you'll probably raise your performance forward and possibly that's why Mayo had a, a decent record over there in the, in the last 10 years or so and in the league. Um, I won't mention 2019 Killarney in the Championship but uh, generally in the league, yeah, it's, it's been decent. OTB's Gaelic Football Coverage is brought to you in association with AIB. Um, I was making the case that there could be a trilogy of games this year. They'll they'll play this weekend. More than likely, they'll play in the league final. And if they meet, unless uh, Galway knock Mayo out, it'll be in the qualifiers. But if they meet again, it'll be in an All-Ireland final. And I wouldn't be terribly surprised if these do end up being the best two teams in the country. And maybe by a distance... Um, I thought Dublin were all Ireland contenders they are contenders (laughs) but I think these two are the best teams and like I I would make them two to four point favourites if they were to play the dubs in an all-Ireland semi-final or a final that's fair yeah yeah okay so by a distance yeah like I mean it's not massive I I agree with you but but there's also there's still the, 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 the kind of you know they still bear the scars 
certainly Mayo do of the Dublin battles, you know. So so that will still rest um, if in tight games. So I, I I would still be you know I just reserve my judgment on that one just for the time being. But in this particular game, there's no doubt about it, Jared. What what Horan has done, I think, is quite remarkable. Again, we spoke about actually I'm kind of going off this word narrative, but but we spoke about how he has managed to get uh, younger guys in, you know, flip a lot of players from even from the team last year who who, who were playing in the in the, in the in in the latter eight stages of the of, of the championship last year, blood new guys in. Um, Hold, hold older fellas back and then be able to bring them in off the bench and play a pivotal role for 15 or 20 minutes. Like, to, to, to get that harmony within a squad and within a panel is very, very difficult to do. It's very difficult to do. Like, I mean, you, you, you know, you require massive buy-in from the players and especially some of those older guys and, and younger guys who may feel, you know, for the last couple of years they weren't really getting a chance. So they hang on and next thing they get their chance and they realise, well, this is my time now to hold on to this jersey. Albeit, you know, I've got the likes of Paddy Durkin, I've McLaughlin, I've Aidan O'Shea, I've Harrison, of all these guys breathing down my neck. So he has, he has, he has engineered an unbelievable team spirit there. And like, look, Mayo have always had that, but there's been over the last couple of years there was always a few rumours of rows and influence and different things going on. I think that has been eradicated now, and I think they're in a stronger position. Not. The football was always there. Their ability was always there. But I thought there was always that question mark of pointing a finger when it came to the, to the crunch. You know, you know, this wasn't happening. That guy should have been playing. This should have been happening. And I think he has managed to get rid of that. It's taken him a while, but I think he's managed to get rid of that. And I think that's a big, that, that is an enormous plus for them um, um, and, 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 and for him. So they're dangerous. But of course, they're coming up against, arguably, now the team that could do what Dublin have done for the last 10 years. And that's the thing. You're coming up against an absolute juggernaut. And I was saying to you a couple of weeks ago, you, they were boys two years ago. You know, they're now men. <laughs> they're not boys anymore. And that's the scary thing. Yeah. Uh, and look, um, the Dubs took their their time to get over the line the first time and then had a setback after they got over the line. And then, again, it was never easy for them at the start. Uh, you know, because because they blitzed their way through the early parts of the championship, we do forget that they were in they were in very tight contests. They were in replays. They were behind. So even if Kerry were to reel off three of the next four or five All Irelands, they're not going to do it blitzing teams either by ten fifteen points. Uh, not this Mayo team, I would argue, and I, I would expect Tyrone to be able to to give them a game too. So that's why we were having a little bit of conversation about this. Is it just going to be shadow boxing at this stage of the season? They're going to play again. You know, we're getting close to championship. Mayo will definitely have Galway in their in their thoughts from this point forward. But I I don't know. I think I think the Cork hurler shadow box in a league game against Limerick last year, and it was a bad idea. Like you just you don't you got to put your best team out in these games now to see get as close to championship pitch as you can. Whatever you reveal, you reveal. But whatever you learn, you learn. I think I think I think it's too. I I think shadow boxing is a dangerous thing to do um, because. I think I think the message is very very tricky to get across to players. You know, you're saying to them, listen. Well, how do you say it? 
you know, like, I mean, I, I, I genuinely don't know how you say those things. You don't, you know, do you say, oh, well, we're, we're going to take the foot off the gas? Do you, do you, do, you don't say it. You get motivated. You, you go through the whole process that you would normally go through before game day. But then you sprinkle the team with fellas who you know aren't really going to be in your championship 15. Yes, that's a way to do it. But best, guess what? The players also know that the fellas that you just sprinkled with the team are probably not going to be in the championship 15. So they straight away realize, actually, we're weakening ourselves going into play whomever it is. Kerry. So... On the flip side, I think O'Connor has an interesting thing, Jer. I think they've been kind of going a little bit flat to the mat for me, you know. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting thing for him is how he maintains that level of intensity. Um, you know, Clifford was 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 rested. A couple of the main boys were rested. But say that defense, that defense has been pretty much solid. The midfield has been pretty okay. They got a couple of guys back, but they, they've had probably twelve of the fifteen, I would imagine, or even thirteen of his fifteen of his championship starting fifteen, nearly playing in, in most of those league games. So it's going to be a different thing for him. But of course, he's not playing an Ulster. He doesn't have an Ulster championship to face. You know, he doesn't have an absolute war of attrition every time. So he he can probably think to himself, you know what, I'll skate through, I'll skate through Munster, um, and then I really have the big games, and that's not going to be for a couple of months' time. And I can I can bring it off, I can ease things off for a bit for a while, and then bring it back up. So I think I think he'll be able to set markers down. Um, you know, playing at home, like I mean, yeah, lovely place to go, great football pitch. By Jesus, you know they don't give it to you anything easy down there. Um, I, I've, uh, I'm, I'm just in receipt. This is a slight bit of breaking news here. I'm just in receipt of um, uh, from a, a player and from an Ipswich County player who will remain nameless for obvious reasons uh, of a missive that has been issued by the GPA to their players. Apparently, the players have yet to receive uh, reimbursement of their expenses since the start of collective training, uh, the restart back in uh, the end of or the start of December 2021. Uh, this is because there's ongoing negotiations between the GPA and the GAA. During COVID, there was a reduction in the amount that would be given to intercounty teams. You know, in, in line, I think, with the um, the way that the rest of the world was going. Although the GA did actually end up showing surpluses because of the government uh, the government grants at that time. So, um, uh, it, the the language is is. Um, is quite interesting. We appreciate the huge level of frustration among players regarding non-payment of expenses since December and we hope this note provides some context in the situation. The GPA's position is that there needs to be a complete reset by the GA when it comes to the respect shown to inter-county players. And it goes on. We'll continue to consult with all GPA squad reps and captains this week to consider next steps in this regard. The GPA will be undertaking a detailed cultural audit of the inter-county playing environment. And we demand that all players are paid the expenses incurred for all collective training sessions with immediate effect. Until every player is paid their expenses for all collective sessions, there will be action by players in response. Now, I haven't haven't heard them threaten action before. Um, Well, that sounds like... Yeah. There's only one major action that they can take. Go on, <laughs> and that strike. That's just not play, you know. That's what that's what the implication is, isn't it? I'm not yeah, the only. You can't read that and go, they're going to play with their socks it down. Sounds like me. Uh, 2001. That's 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 what what days was on a chair? December December 2021. December the eighth. So they were, you were allowed to return to collective training on December the eighth, 2021, and they they previously for the two previous seasons. Uh, they had agreed that there would be a reduction in expenses for uh, travel, gear, footwear 
That was given the financial position of the GEA. The GPA agreed to this in good faith that the GEA, on the basis that a return to normality would see a reinstatement of the 2019 provisions at a minimum. Wow. Um, so the, the players received a reduced mileage rates and they're continuing to cap players to be permitted to claim expenses for only three sessions a week. Like we know teams are doing more than three sessions a week, so you're not going to get expenses for those extra sessions. Uh, God, it's the 11th of March now. You're talking four months here. This is like players very, very out of pocket, you know, it, like who might not necessarily have it, you know. So regardless of the consequences of what the GPA are talking about, like there's just a lot of if this dispute is obviously just costing people a lot of money, seemingly quite needlessly. Um, and also, like I mean, of course, they, they haven't just put this out, you know, so this has been there's obviously been a lot of toing and froing going on uh, and trying to get this sorted out. And they've obviously got to a point of frustration. Now, this has not been uh, released. This is this is uh, I've got this from a player. So they're, they're, this is not. Um, oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Well, it's coming. Yeah, well, we've got it. Other people are getting yeah. it. It's out. <laughs> <laughs> it's out now. Yeah. It's out now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, never a good situation. No. So I've had my expenses. I can tell you those over uh, over a pint or two. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I had I had I had I had to uh, I had the old AA road watch being put out in front of me to exactly count how far it was from uh, where I parked in Dublin all the way to Navan one day. <laughs> I think I was out by point eight of a mile or well, something. Well, like Jesus, that. if you're out by point eight, you know, I mean, these standards are slipping, Anthony. How can we rely on you to kick the ball over the bar from twenty one meters if you can't do that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I could never do that anyway, Jer, so. <laughs> uh, so. It's great, though, that Anthony's whetted the appetite for an amazing championship and Kerry Mayo, Dublin are still contenders, and now we just find out there's probably not even going to be a championship. <laughs> Wonderful. Some, some counties won't go on strike, obviously. So, uh, look, you'll hear more on that story, no doubt, in the next 24 hours or so as um, the players respond to that. Um, and uh, we'll certainly be following that story with interest, as we will the rest of the weekend's action. Uh, Anthony, thanks very much for joining us. Cheers. No bother, lads. Talk to you soon.